There are many away games to enjoy as a football fan, and uh, one is winning away at Bournemouth 2 0. Welcome from the Rookrent. Uh, my name's John. Uh, with me today, as we look back over Dean Court, is uh, Kelly. Hi. Kieran. Hello. And uh, Hornet Heaven, the voice of God. Are you good? No, you're not. Uh, uh, Colin. Hello. <laughs> uh, we just witnessed Bournemouth nil, Watford 2. Where shall where, we start? Where shall we start? Kelly, so much better, so much improved. Uh, a full a full performance from Watford. I think as far as away performances go, I mean, I want I can't say it's perfect. Second game of the season, but that was that was pretty much perfect, wasn't it? It was helped by the fact Bournemouth were rubbish, but they were really really disappointing. Watford fans won't find them disappointing, but it was they wrote it out. I thought at the end of the first half, oh, Bournemouth are going to come back at us here. We're going to be left to pay, but they weren't. They were just patient. They were organised. I actually said to my mum halfway through, we wouldn't have done this last season. We'd have panicked. We'd have got frustrated. We'd have just given up in midfield. I think that was where the game was won for me today in midfield. I thought from that one-on-one aside, we can all forgive Chalaba for that because I thought his performance was exceptional. Him and Tom Cleverley, I mean, I don't want to single them out really because they're all exceptional but I thought in midfield I thought they really controlled the game yeah, we'll talk about the stars of the of the, of the performance uh, as we go on but, but Kieran first half would you have taken nil-nil did that sort of make, make sense to you well I was preparing I was saying to you coming over that I was preparing to speak about a really entertaining nil-nil I was actually enjoying it but, but the problem was is that we weren't taking our chances um but yeah, I mean, first half, we were the better side. We we really did press high up the field. I know we're going to talk about that in a minute, but really impressive. You know, it's always fun to win away. It's always fun to win away at a team that pipped you to the championship title. And obviously, you know, it's uh, it's nice to to get an away win early on in the season. I know that um, Marco Silva's record with Hull away from home wasn't necessarily that great. So for the first away game to get three points, really important. And I think it makes a bit of a statement for us as well. Four points, Colin. A tenth of the way there, some may say. Yeah, some may say that. (laughs) I think the thing that really uh, impressed me and the thing that's really changed since Silver arrived is uh, obviously some good additions to the squad. But I do think that the team seems to believe in each other and they want to play for each other and they believe in themselves. So so we we look like a unit in a way that we just never did last season. Uh, They seem to have come together... The three in midfield, I know you want to talk about, but that's really the engine room of of the team, and it releases players like Gray and Richarlison and even Amrabat because they know they've they've got this this uh, this trio in the middle that allows us to keep the ball. They attack together, they defend together. It's pretty exciting, I have to say, even this early in the season. I don't want, I, I I didn't think that Bournemouth were rubbish actually. I thought in the first half they had more possession and they looked at times quite dangerous, but they did really fade in the second half and they panicked once their goal went in. I thought. And then they didn't look very good at all. Because I think last week against Liverpool, there was that 20 minutes after half time. I know that's when prayer went off, but we really dipped at that point, and that's what we didn't do this week. What did we? No, we didn't at all. And actually, I when we went one up, it was still. I looked at the, it was 66 minutes, I think, or something like that. You think, well, I mean, it's 24 minutes to go, <laughs> and uh, they're going to come all guns blazing now, which they did a bit. But as you, as uh, Kelly said, they, they, the team seems to remain calm. I mean, obviously, they had corners and headers and. But there wasn't any panic. It didn't look like we were panicking. Yeah. Everyone's going back into the 18-yard line and desperately. Def- it was, you know, they, we just we looked much better than them. And also, I think I tell you what I think happened in the game. It was very even to start with, and then they. I mean, we get called a physical side, but they were very physical. So Richardson kind of bashed heads with someone. They kicked him up in the air. Chalabar got, got was being sniped at all the time. They were falling on the floor, and I think what it, it brought us together and it made them quite angry. And they thought, right, no, a bit like West Ham last year. We're not having that. Different reasons. But, you know, we're not going to be bullied. We're going to show you we're better. And, yeah. then, and they did. 
How is uh, Kieran? How is um, Marco sort of setting us up differently to to be better? Do you think? I quite like the lines that he's kind of set us up at. So we press very high up the field. So Andre Gray, I have to, you know, Kelly's right. We shouldn't single out players, but he was all over the place, leading the line. Obviously, worked the channels very well. But without the ball, he harassed the back four. And then if they got past him, they had this three behind him in cleverly Richarlison and Amrabat. And then if you get past those three, you've then got Decore and Chalaba waiting for you. So I think the way that he set us up, it makes this very, very difficult. Where even when we haven't got the ball, we press high, we make it difficult. I can't. I lost count the number of times that we were able to get possession off of Bournemouth through harassing and through hard pressing and by players doubling up on the opposition. It was just a really, really complete performance. We were very, very good going forward. But I think what impressed me was those lines without the ball. We really, very, we were really disciplined. And, um, you know, I think that was a key, key reason why we made Bournemouth look pretty poor I think Kelly's right I don't think they played well at all today I'm sure Adam Smith will be delighted that he doesn't have to look at Richarlison anymore <laughs> I'm sure he would have been delighted when he went off after 75 minutes but yeah he set us up really really well and very very disciplined performance we're gonna we are we shouldn't do but we are going to talk about individuals later on but Kelly the one individual who might feel a little bit of frustration I think in the Bournemouth side of things it's got to be Aki because I think he played well when he was at Watford and we had him for half a season we didn't see like the whole you know, an entire season of football from him and see what he could really do. And they and Bournemouth didn't see didn't see that last year. They didn't have him for the whole season, but they still played twenty million for him. He was in complete control, and he was the only player I think of Bournemouth who just looked complete control. I've actually, as you've been standing, I've been reading what Eddie Howe's had to say, and Eddie Howe has just said essentially. I think I think the interviewer probably put the question to him. Nathan Aki was brilliant today. He's actually said yes, but we can't just have Nathan Aki hitting the standards we require. If it wasn't for Nathan Aki it would have been four or five today. I'm confident of that because Nathan Aki did everything required of him. Yes, we're all a little bit biased because although he's a Bournemouth player, we do love him. I got to know him when he was at Bournemouth last year. He's a lovely, lovely lad. And the reason he went to Bournemouth last season, he told me was because he wanted to, he wanted to become a central midfielder, a defensive central midfielder. And Watford saw him as a kind of left wing back, as we saw. But the reason, and I'm really pleased you just said you don't think it's enough for him because Bournemouth have been berated for the fee paid for him. 20 million in this market. Firstly, money means nothing now because there's so many ridiculous figures. It's kind of almost become irrelevant, not irrelevant. Clubs, clubs won't say it's irrelevant, but I don't really look at transfers and judge the fee anymore because they're all so skewed. Um, but the thing is, though, when you look at Chalabar and him, you would both say they are both of equal in terms of their, but three times more. But what Aki has is Aki can play in a lot of positions. He can play central midfield. He can play wing back as we saw at Watford. He can play central defence. And if he's, I've seen him play, having watched him at Watford and Bournemouth closely, I've kind of had the benefit of seeing him close up over a number of games. He can play all of those positions and not look like, oh, he's not playing his first choice position today. I think that's where the 20 million price tag comes from. And that's why I agree with you that I don't think it was too much for him. I think if he plays like that all season, they'll struggle to hold on to him because a lot of big clubs want a towering commanding centre-back he was amazing today I mean he really was and also he had the legs on Gray and Gray is no slouch and he, he had foot races with him three or four times in the second half and he got there first every time yeah, that, that's my bit about Gray when you, know, you say did he did he do much we made the goal but you know could he have done more well he was you know one on one with Aki who had an absolutely astonishing game I think for out of all the, the Bournemouth players a podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end We'll go on to those individual stars in a minute. But first, slightly tough but not impossible quiz. Uh, going for Golden is back. Uh, your chance to get five more from the Rookery points. Today, a player. Ooh, have I given too much away? Here's Going for Golden. Going for Golden. Hello and welcome. 
welcome to another Going for Golden. Your chance to show off your Watford FC knowledge. Remember, you can buzz in whenever you like by pressing the pause button on the device you're listening on. If you're right, you gain the last score set. If you're wrong, then you can continue to play along, but your score won't count. We have five clues, and with each, you should find it easier to guess the answer. So let's play! Earn. For five points, a young Welsh striker, I came out of the Watford youth team. For four points, as well as the yellow of Watford, I also wore the yellow of Norwich City. For three points, I'm a fluent Welsh speaker and full international. For two points, if you swap my first name and surname, it would still sound like someone's name. For one point, I'm five foot eight inches tall. Earn. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Let's talk about the individuals. Come on, let, let's, yeah. ma- let's make some Hornets shine. Uh, Richarlison. Is that how you say it? Richarlison? Sure okay, how would you have said it? Richarlison, yeah. How would you have said it, Kelly? Rubbish at pronunciations. <laughs> Richarlison. Okay, we'll go with Richarlison. Um, Ricky from Rio, as uh, Paul called him. So Ricky from Rio. <laughs> we just called him Ricky. Ricky. Okay, so Ricky was off a bit. Mm. And I thought, oh, God, this is one of those players who, who comes on in a game, shows something, you go, oh, you're a bit tasty. I wish you start the next game. And he did. And I thought, oh, he's not quite there. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't. He came on against Liverpool and he looked a little bit uh, shell-shocked because he was mentally not prepared to play in that game, presumably. So he comes on at short notice and, and he gets a bit bullied down there and he doesn't get in the game. He has a couple of nice moments. Starts today, first 20 minutes, same thing. Ball doesn't come to him. He's kind of wandering around looking for it. Then he gets, then he gets bashed on the head. And then he gets kicked up in the air and he seemed to sort of stand up and say, oh, oh yeah, no, I get it now. I get it now. This is what this is. It's, this is the Premier League. OK, I remember playing football like this. I'm going to do it. And he just from then on, he just tore them to pieces. And the ball, it's interesting, isn't it? When a player suddenly gets the right attitude, the ball just naturally comes to him. The rest of the team say, get it to him. And his runs and the, the and also there were some beautiful balls played uh, down the channels, uh, either outside him or inside the defender. And he was able to get past him and get on the ball. Uh, and he deserved his goal because I thought his performance was a sort of a breakthrough or breakout performance uh, because he just thought, yeah, I, I get this. I'm tough enough for this. I can do it. I think what also impressed me was how good in the air he is. You know, mm. we're talking about a lad who, you know... He's Brazilian. <laughs> and yeah. as Jay said last week, Brazilians aren't known for being good in the air. Well, no, they're not. And obviously he's come in to play as a winger and wingers aren't notoriously yeah. known for being good in the air. And a lot of diagonals put out to him. Jorelio Gomez with his long throws that we know he can almost launch the length of the pitch targeted him as well. And if it wasn't on his head, he was able to stand up to the defence as well. He used his body well. He brought the ball down, showed some nice touches. I'll tell you what, we've got a player there. Yeah, I thought that moment in the end of the first half, which I could, I could barely see, but he sort of got stuck with the defender and he sort of slipped him and, and Andre should have probably stuck that one away. But it was a hell of a good bit of skill. Yeah. And you thought, oh, hello, he's woken yeah, up. He's, <laughs> he's woken up. And he stayed awake for the second half and scored uh, the first goal. I think someone needs to tell him that we... You don't, you don't get cramp at this club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or not even uh, anything to your face. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did. He might have got hit, but it was a little bit roll around, wasn't it? And I think he. I think the good thing was it was right by the Watford away fans, and there was a little bit of. Yes, I think he Fair sort of. Uh, though, didn't he? he went for the old knee slide, knees got dug <laughs> in the ground, and he ended up flat on his face. He's got yeah. things to work on. He's got things to work on. <laughs> Sliding and goal because it was real tenacity from him because the ball was bobbling around and. 
but he managed to get his foot on it. He was alert and he got there before the defender and the goalkeeper and stuck it in. And it was uh, it was a joyful moment, I have yeah. to say. And, uh, th- uh, the most uh, someone said on Twitter, I can't remember what it was now, um, said uh, the most expensive uh, goal construction in Watford history, about thirty million pounds. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, um, let's go that, that 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 midfield, which is. I actually one point during the season, maybe it was the 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 song that you heard at the beginning of the show. Um, you know, the core that you know. There's a lot of um, oh, Kenny's got on your head is jigging away. It's the way it's in there. It's catchy. That's what makes a good charm. It's maybe it's because of that, and and you know we've we've loved seeing grow the last six months. And it, you know you, but you can't pick one of them in that mid- midfield three at all. They are absolute unit. Do you know the worst thing is at the beginning I said how good. Chick- uh, Chalaba and Cleverly were and didn't even mention Decore <laughs> yeah. but he was he was brilliant but I think what I like about him the most is that he does do things he's that player every team needs that player that just is there sweeping up you would almost don't want to talk about him because he's just the one he's kind of I'm trying to think of a comparison but every team needs a player that does kind of just sit in front of the defence and just tidy up and that's what he does and he I thought Cleverly was brilliant today because, particularly in the first half actually I was very disappointed with Amrabat because I felt Amrabat? Disappointment? Are you kidding me? Now, come on, we said last week we weren't going to talk about him in a negative way, so I'm going to say something positive. He did one good cross. He was better in the second <laughs> half, if you'd like me to be positive. But I felt in the first half, when it was going down the right-hand side, it was like Watford didn't want to pass to him because yeah. they knew he couldn't beat their man and couldn't cross it. Bournemouth didn't mind if he got the ball. They were like, well, just let him get the ball. And then what you noticed, actually, was Cleverly started to help him out. As I noticed, and Cleverly thought, mate, if you're not going to go, I'm going to overlap and I'm going to go and put the ball in. And that's exactly what he did. And I really liked that. You used the word tenacity a minute ago. That's what I felt like today in the midfield. They are a unit. And it was like, well, if you're not going to do that, I'm going to do that for the good of the team. And I felt like they all chipped in. They all helped each other out. And that's why it worked. And Decore, going back to him, he did allow Cleverly and Chalaber to play. Chalaber kind of bit deeper than Clev- Cleverly almost but I've, I don't know I just I just felt like it all clicked it all kind of works and we spoke off um, when we were doing we did a uh, periscope before the game and we said about how it's going to take a little while for this Watford team to come together because let's be honest it's a new look team again we're used to this now but how good that was for game two is brilliant and I don't want to get. I'm a. I'm a pessimist by nature, and but I'm and I'm feeling super optimistic. So I don't want to say too much. It's almost scary being this optimistic. But if if Silver can work that, yes, he's had the whole preseason. If Silver can do that in a couple of months, the only thing I would say, I know we're not allowed to be negative about Amrabat. The one place I'd like to see a strengthen is I do feel like we struggle slightly on the wings. Sometimes I just think I wish we could just put it out wide. That maybe isn't going to fit the way Silver wants to play, but it would be nice to have the option because we just don't. I think you're the only Watford fan who thinks that, Kelly. The only one. Um, Can't Pereira play there when he comes back? Yeah. Yes. I think think the good thing is uh, this uh, man who might be coming in. Carrillo, um, he. But we didn't talk about other teams. I'm just saying, but <laughs> but if they, but but I would say if we are going for a player like that, and it's somewhere down the line, that you know that is the weakness, and you know that is, but it, this does this mean Amrabat's completely out the the squad? Yes, probably because of the numbers. That's the only thing. But you'd want to sort of keep him around because there is a lot of hard work. There is a lot of running back. He's he, you know compared In the to second half when we went one up, he worked really hard. And he had, a, he had a novice right back behind him who never seemed to be where he was supposed to be. I don't mean to be negative about him, but he's got, he, he needs to, yeah, he's very good going forward. And he overlapped with Amrabat and he worked with Amrabat quite a bit, but you did worry slightly when you looked behind him that there was literally no one there for 80 yards. And I thought, I think Amrabat is worth keeping, but I think you're right, the numbers in the end, only 17, isn't it? Yeah. So he may be sacrificed if someone comes in. The, what I loved actually about the, that midfield three was Chalabar and almost like the, how he's changed. 
the slightly older Chalabar because there was the the clearly uh, illegal shout uh, leave it when the ball came across. Clearly, he had a lot of space and could have at least. Yeah, he's, he's a Watford player. He wouldn't have put it in the back of the net, but you know that, that sort of it would it would have he could have at least had a good go at it. With there was a lot of you know defenders in front of him, but he left it and he completely left it because there was a shout and he really got on one and he was clearly angry and at that point he went on one, but he didn't go too far. He didn't go stupid. He didn't go. Uh, you know, like he might have done when he last played for us, when he was a much, much younger boy. Not even a man, he was a boy when he was with us before. But he, he went on it, he, he missed a chance, um, probably left it a little bit too long on that one-on-one -on -one with Begovic. But I, I think he's probably the more important out of those cleverly and uh, Decore because he sort of does a little bit of everything. Yeah, I don't disagree. He's, he's, he's raw. I think you can, we were talking about the fee for, for Nathan Aki. Nathan Aki's got two full seasons of Premier League football under his belt. Nathan, Nathaniel Chalabar is what a handful of, of Premier League appearances for Chelsea and has obviously started the two for Watford now but he did some he gave the ball away a few times I will say that I, I thought he was I think Kelly was right he was exceptional he did give the ball away a few times though and, and he'll have to work on that but he uses his body so well as well there were times where markers were all over him he rolled the marker quite a few times he's got a lovely touch brings players in he, he, he sprays the ball wide and, and he is he's one of those he's, he, he could be a box-to-box -box player you know he is going to be that player that can sit there next to Decore when we're without the ball and then when we've got the ball he's charging forward and supporting the likes of Cleverly and Richarlinson and and the other attacking players he he was excellent and I do want to give a shout out for Tom Cleverly he always seems to be the player that's there first to celebrate when we score as well and I noticed it today that when they were celebrating the first goal, it was either the first or the second one, he kind of broke away from the group and he gave this massive fist pump to himself. And it's like, you can see how much it means to him. I think Cleverly is one of those that when he's enjoying his football, it gives you an awful lot. And I think that's probably what's happened the last few years. He probably wasn't having the best time at United or Everton. And I think he likes it down here. I think he likes it with us from the loan spell that he had and now what we've got now. I think he's, he's showing exactly what he's made of. I think he's coming to the squad being the main man, almost. One of the, one of the main men, especially with Chalabar um, and, and Decore around him. He's old now. <laughs> Remember when he was a young little man online? He's old now. He is, but now I'm going to do something else. Can we give a shout out to some of the other players as well? Because yeah. they were brilliant. Andre Gray ran his socks off yeah, and, and, held the, the and held the ball up and it was a bit of a thankless task and I remember looking at the clock on 86 minutes watching him run with Nathan Aki and I thought I felt sorry for him because I thought any other player there and he would have beaten Nathan Aki and probably had the goal that I really wanted him to get his celebration for both of the goals was brilliant I thought you've settled in here you've only been here a couple of weeks and you're in I like that but I felt like he ran tirelessly. I remember looking at the clock at 86 minutes and just thinking, how are you still running? I'm tired watching you. And he did that all afternoon. And also the defence. I'm not going to go through every single player because it's ridiculous, but I do feel like the defence needs a shout-out. Prodal looked like he was struggling with a bit of an injury mm. that he got towards the end of the half. He soldiered on. He The amount of times... Josh King is, let's be honest, Bournemouth finished ninth last season. That is a lot of the same team. Joshua King, I've watched him in training. We've watched him week in, week out. He was linked with Spurs this summer. Prodal just shrugged him off every time. Prodal wasn't wor worried about who he was against. He wasn't in the team last week. For me, that was a surprise. And he's just slotted back in. And even Britos. Britos sometimes gets outpaced. I thought Britos was absolutely fantastic as well. It's a clean sheet. Watford last season didn't yeah. get many clean sheets. I'm glad that Herrelio Gomez didn't have too many saves to make, though. <laughs> Not trying to take things negatively. But those first 10 minutes, Herrelio, no. That's all we kept saying. It was just like, Herrelio, you can be so good. And then other weeks, you can make me literally want to get on there and be the goalkeeper myself, which wouldn't be good for anyone. But, but I just... I do wonder, you, we have heard about goalkeeper, the goalkeeping yeah, situation. Yeah. I think probably 
I love him. I love yeah, Aurelio Gomez. I think he's lost confidence in his pace. So I think he's lost confidence in his pace. So when when Mane scored last week, when the ball was put through. Gomez of two years ago would have come out much quicker. He would have made the decision. He would have backed himself in terms of his pace and he would have made himself much bigger. But this, he hesitated and he gave Mane the whole one side of the goal to put it in, which he did. And I think that's the thing. He's just not quite as decisive because he doesn't think he's quite quick enough. And later in that game, as we know, he came running out and gave away a penalty because he, he thought, I've got to do this. This is what I do. And today, the first, as you say, the first 15 minutes, he, he was, oh, Lord. But then he settled down and he, he, he got better. No, he didn't. That's true. Um, I think cleverly, back to cleverly, hmm. I think the, the difference just from the end of last season is is so marked. The, the two, I know we've only seen him for 180 minutes, but he looks like he's got a job, he knows what it is, he thinks he can do it, and he's going to get on and do it. And last, the second half of last season, he was on the pitch, but he didn't really seem motivated, didn't really know what his job was or where he was supposed to be. Uh, and he, his performances really dropped off, I thought, towards the end of last season. It was a bit like, oh, we signed, we've signed him now, we know what's happened. But these two games, he's been terrific, I think. Capoo. Yeah. Capoo. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't a man who I thought we were going to talk about uh, much. But you know what? He might have a place in this squad. He's not going to start, but he could come on and do something. Score a banging of a goal. Options is, is what I was going to say. We have depth in this squad now and we know that this isn't, you know, there's still a couple of weeks left of the transfer window. It's not done. You know, we talked about Andre Carrillo. I know we don't want to talk about other teams' players, but this, <laughs> that one supposedly is, is very close to being over the line. You know, when you can bring players like Etienne Capoue off the bench, who for two years has been pretty much a guaranteed starter week in, week out, we've got players like Pereira and, and uh, Zarati who are still to come back and Dini didn't even get on today. We have players who can change games and we've not been able to say that in the last two years when we've had games where we've maybe been behind or we've been trying to search for a goal. You've looked at the bench and you thought, oh, I, don't, I don't see where the, where the game changer is. And now you bring Etienne Capoue on, he's fresh, he's got a point to prove because he didn't start last week, didn't start today. And he bangs one in from 20 yards. I mean, it was, it was beautiful, beautiful to see from our angle as well. Can I just say that when you support a club like Watford, a club the size of Watford for, I don't know how many decades it's been now, but... When the ball goes up in the air like that and it comes dancing down and you see a player lining himself up to hit it, the last thing you think is going to happen is it's going to nestle into the, into the corner of the net. People shout, don't shoot. Loads of people shouted, don't shoot, Just don't shoot. It. And then he bangs it into the, into the corner. What a, what a strike. What a strike that was. I mean, that was the sweetest strike as you'll ever see. And it went shot past him before he'd even really reacted. So, yeah. And it made the game safe. Well, almost yeah. made the game safe. And it was needed, I think. Yeah. Well, he definitely... Uh either done a, made, made a case for him to stay at Watford or helping out negotiations with another club that you might be uh, want to show that highlights reel well, to I if you suspect, were negotiating I, a fee for the man I suspect Silver will now want to keep him and the club will think oh that's put his price up a bit a podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans this is from the rookery end Next up for the Hornets, two home games. That's always quite nice. Uh, not much, not as much travel. Even though it's pleasant to come down to the uh, the sunny seaside. Bristol City in the week. Kelly League Cup. Never, not a friend of ours. And I don't. I, what I worry about is I actually want this. Is, this will only be our third game of the season. We are still establishing our team, our squad, our team. I don't want that many changes. I do. I want to see that bench play today. I want to see Troy Deeney come. All of it. 
maybe not all of it, not Pantelimon. <laughs> no, no, that's really mean because he probably will play and I'll have to support him. So I want Troy Deeney to play because I think Troy Deeney is going to be ridiculously hungry. Troy Deeney's not used to not being the main man at Watford and Troy Deeney still has a massive part to play and he can play a bigger part. Last season, there was too much pressure on him for me. There was there was not enough people stepping up to play. We've seen today and last week, there's plenty of other players now, but I want him to play on Tuesday because I think he'll, he won't like being on the bench. We know what he's like. Um, so I'd like to see him play. Um, I thought Ben Watson was good actually today when he came on as well. Um, so I'd like to see him get a start because I'd like him to stay at Watford. I think he's the kind of player we need in the changing room. I'd really like to see Will Hughes start because I'd just like to see the kind of... I didn't see him in pre-season. Um, I've only seen him play for Derby when I've reported on them and he's so exciting. So I'd really like to see him play. Yeah, I suppose there's not too many changes, but I think the changes that we'll play, we're going to bring in these incredible players, whereas in previous years, we bring in someone from the under-23s. So that's why I'm, I'm actually really pleased we've got a cup game. I've actually, I was given it by TalkSport to report on and thought, straight away, brilliant, I'm going to be, I always report on Watford losing. So <laughs> I was, but now I'm actually really, really looking forward to it because there's loads of people there with, with points to prove. Etienne Capu again as well, he'll probably start but well depends if we want to get him cup tied but yeah um, so I think I think it's actually perfect to keep because Silva needs to keep that squad together he needs Troy Deeney to be completely on board I'm not saying he's not but he needs him to feel like he's almost in the team to get the best out of him every single week um, well, the thing is I, he might do we don't know but I want, so I want to see it you know on, on, yeah. on a pitch if you know what I mean uh, then we have Brighton Kieran they've lost two games in the Premier League and they're new that could easily be a trap where people start saying things like that we've got to win that game if we don't win that game our season's over and that sort of silly things that happen on social media but it is a bit isn't it well they're a wounded animal aren't they <laughs> and and it's a it's a tricky one for us isn't it because after two defeats you want to you want to try and get those first points on the board we as we've discussed for the last what 20 minutes have been talking about how brilliant we were today and how we you know got a, a deserved point against liverpool last week you know, you don't want to go in there overconfident. You don't want to go in there, lack, you know, not giving them the respect they deserve. They've they've come up, they've done very well, and you know, it's going to be difficult for them. I think. I don't think they've recruited maybe as well as as the clubs around them. Um, and I think we need to try and take advantage of that. And look, if we don't win the game, then of course, as you say, there's going to be the how can you not beat a team that's coming off of two defeats? But you have to give teams respect in the Premier League. There's no easy games. They are a wounded animal. They've got a very good manager in Chris Hughton and and they will be up for it. So we need to make sure that we put in performances like we did today. And if we play like we did today, most weeks we're going to get a result. And I think if we play like we did today, we will beat Brighton, but we have to make sure that we do. Yeah, it's a week in, week out that we need to make sure we get, isn't it, Colin? What, um, are you changing the, the, the team for Brighton? Or are you going, no, let's, let's call that the starting 11 and the one that we sort of adapt around? I would certainly keep the same 11 uh, that started today, if they're all fit and ready to go. But interestingly, I think this is where Marco Silva earns his corn a little bit because you're right in that they're young lads and they've, they've started the season well and they're playing well and they know they are. And they will, there will be a bit of swagger maybe against Brighton at home thinking, you know, we're going to do these. And he's got to be the person that really makes sure that they're properly focused and ready. And if we beat Bristol City with a, with a few changes, those people who've played against Bristol City will be knocking on the door saying, well... Mm. So the youngsters, if they play them again, like they did today, they, you know, they've got to keep producing it and if they don't other players will come in so that's when competition in a squad really makes a difference I think but in the past we have never performed at our best against the teams that we thought we should probably beat last season we lost to Sunderland we lost to Hull you know we played really badly in those games you know that's all in the past now but but over the years you know sometimes we don't perform 
at our level against teams that we think we ought to beat. And we ought to beat Brighton at home, really. Uh, and, the, and the key will be get a goal early, I think. Get an early goal, attack from the start. The thing that's impressed me the last two games is that I don't think if you watch this performance today at Bournemouth and you compare it to the home performance against Liverpool that you can really see much difference in terms of the energy, the, the way that they played with, together in midfield particularly. It wasn't, this wasn't an away performance where we sat back and soaked it up and then nicked one. This was pretty much the same intensity of performance and an attacking transition from getting the ball to attacking as we had against Liverpool. That's very good. That's very good news for us, I think. And so, yeah, we'll see what happens. But he will make changes, surely, for Bristol. And then if those players play well, then, you know, that's good. It's competition. And then hopefully when we play Brighton, the focus will be there and, uh, and they will win. And if we can get seven points before the international break, I mean, that's... That's mustard, that is. <laughs> Earn. So who is the answer to this week's Going for Golden? It's Malcolm Allen. Earn. From the rookery end. Great question to finish the podcast. Uh, we've had 180 minutes of football. Who is the player of the season? Holobas. <laughs> He's not going to change that. He's a big Holobas fan. Kieran, who's going to be lifting that Graham Taylor trophy? Oh, oh, oh. Abdullah Decore. <laughs> Kelly? Oh, you've stolen my thunder there. I was going to say him. I wasn't going to sing oh, it. Oh, we're going to miss out on her singing now, Kieran. Oh. I was not going to sing it. I'm not going to, I'm going to give it, I, I want to go between Tom Cleverley or Nathaniel Chalabar. Okay. Midfield three. I was very impressed with the midfield today, in case you can't tell. Cool, it was a fantastic away win. It's always nice an away win because the trip home is ever so sweeter. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, remember, do whack that subscribe button uh, on uh, iTunes. That's how you listen or however you listen to us. Uh, and do give us a follow on Instagram at Watford Podcast, Twitter at Watford Podcast, uh, or Facebook.com uh, forward slash Watford Podcast. Uh, onwards uh, to Brighton and Bristol at home. Only teams being with BR <laughs> to come next. Come on, you horns!